People are always asking me, Poso, how do I get involved? How can I do more? How can I be a part of this? How can I help? How can I contribute? I listen to this all the time, but what do I do? How can I get activated in all this? Well, it's really simple. You go to tpusa.com. They have a huge sign-up form. You can join the movement. You can be part of this conservative, populist uprising, this entire movement, but also You've got to come out to the events. And one of the best events, really, that I think Turning Point has done ever, it's going to happen this December, the 18th to the 21st, Phoenix, Arizona. Listen to some of the names that are going to be there. We've got Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Kaylee McEnany, Senator Ted Cruz. We got Jesse, we got Candace Owens, Donald Trump. Jr., myself, Benny Johnson, so many others. Sarah Palin, right? Sarah Palin. Michael Chandler from UFC is going to be there. Plus, by the way, I can't say who yet because the lawyers won't let me, but we have got A++ listed country music stars that are going to be playing this thing. 10,000 people, Phoenix, Arizona. Go to tpusa.com right now. Go today. Do not wait for this thing because once these tickets are gone for America Fest, they are gone. So don't come to me and say, Poso, I wanted to get in. I want to get the tickets, but it's sold out. What do I do? No, no, no. Go right now. tpusa.com, America Fest. I will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Huge, huge story today, so lock yourselves in. First up, Biden says at a town hall that police and military members who refuse the vaccine should be fired. Next up, Thomas Massey totally grilled A.G. Garland on the events of Gen 6. Third, a grand jury is now working on subpoenas for Fusion GPS and others. This is under John Durham. And fourth, we're going to get into it, the Alec Baldwin on-set killing of the cinematographer and the shooting of the director. All this and more head, Human Events Daily. So to town hall last night, Joe Biden, CNN, Anderson Cooper, right? A very, very hard hitting town hall, of course, CNN, Anderson Cooper, yeah. That's exactly where Joe Biden's gonna go to get the real serious questions. But in all honesty, listen to the answer that he gave when Anderson Cooper actually did ask him about this freedom flu, the thing that's been going on, this idea, and we've been talking about it here on this program, we got it trending number one on Twitter, about people calling out from their jobs because they don't want to, and I've called it this, they don't want to submit to medical tyranny. And the fact that he's cracked down on some of the people who are the absolute backbone of this country, right? Our airline workers, our police, our firefighters, our military members. Listen to what Joe Biden said about those people. As, as many as, as one in three emergency responders in some cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, right here in Baltimore, are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates. I'm wondering where you stand on that. Should police officers, emergency responders, be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, By the way, I waited until uh, July to talk about mandating because I tried everything else possible. The mandates are working. All the stuff about people leaving and people getting it, you have, you have everyone from United Airlines to Spirit, all these airlines, we're not going to get, 
all 96, 97 percent of the people have gotten the vaccine. All the talk about all these folks who are going to leave the military if they're, they're mandated. Not true. You got about a 90 some percent vaccination rate. I mean, so there's a, the idea is that, uh, look, the two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue. Freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. Number one. Number two, the second one is that, uh, you know, the, the gross misinformation that's out there. Listen to that. The sneering avatar of a failed, decrepit aristocracy. That's Joe Biden. Your freedom. He, he spits the word out. Freedom. Like it fits, you know, it sticks in his craw. It gets kind of stuck there. He doesn't care about this stuff. This guy, now first of all, he's a complete empty suit. But I want to be very clear that after 50 years of working in Washington, D.C., all that President Biden, and when he was Senator Biden, for all those years, all he's done is become more and more entrenched in the elite political class of this country. And you hear that in his words. You hear that because he doesn't even think it's authoritarianism. He just thinks that you should shut up and take it. He thinks that you should shut up, obey, roll over, and get what's coming to you, what he's decided. See, this is the problem, right? And I've said all along, if you want to go take the vaccine, go ahead. It's a free country, right? Now, I've talked about my personal issues with it. I've talked about it from a pro-life perspective. I've also talked about it from a medical perspective, trying to understand why it is that somebody who has natural immunity, like I do, should be forced to take this thing. Now, fortunately, I haven't been in a position where I've been forced to take it, but my heart does go out to people who are, because imagine putting somebody like that in that kind of position where you have to decide whether or not you can put food on the table for your family, for your kids, or have to go up against your own religious beliefs, your own personally held beliefs, and by the way, people who have pre-existing conditions, but for whatever reason, uh, they're not being granted these medical exemptions. And we've heard story after story after story of this because they say, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter, right? And the, you, we've played the audio so many times of doctors telling people, well, like the, you know, the army soldier that we played last week, and she said, I have a medical condition that's making me have to leave the military, certainly that should be something that would also prevent me from taking the vaccine shot, right? No, no. Not only that, they took away her medical retirement, even though underlying all of it, they didn't fix the medical issue that she had, obviously. This is medical tyranny. Joe Biden just said what he thinks of all of you, what he thinks of the deplorables. And it's the same thing the CCP thinks of the Lao Baixing, the old hundred names the people of China, the same way they think of the people of America. You have a 1% in this country, the same way they have 1% in China. This is the fight. It's not left, right. It's up, down. We need to end this. And that is why populism is on the rise in America today. Yesterday on the Hill, Thomas Massey, among other congressmen, grilled AG Merrick Garland over numerous issues that are going on at the Department of Justice. But one of the most salient things that was asked, and really one of the things that makes Thomas Massey just stand out as any legislator, but also just a voice in this country, was that he asked Garland 
a very specific question about the events of January 6th. Were there federal um, plants, informants, handlers, officers that were working and had infiltrated either the militias or members of the crowd in January 6th or prior to January 6th leading up to it? Listen to what Merrick Garland said. Agents of the government or assets of the government present on January 5th and January 6th uh, during the protests. And uh, I've got some pictures that I want to show you, if the uh, staff could bring those to you. Um, I'm afraid I can't see that at all. Is that a uh, approved video? All right, you have, you have those images there, and they're captioned. Uh, they were from January 5th and January 6th. As far as we can determine, the individual who was saying he'll probably go to jail, he'll probably be arrested, but he wants every, but they need to go into the Capitol the next day, is then the next day directing people to the Capitol. And as far as we can find, this individual has not been charged with anything. You said this is one of the most sweeping investigations in the history, uh, have you seen that video or those frames from that video? So as I um, uh, said at the outset, uh, one of the norms of the Justice Department is to not comment on impending investigations and particularly not to comment about uh, particular scenes or particular individuals. This okay, without, I, I was hoping today to give you an opportunity to put to rest the concerns that people have that there were federal agents or assets of the federal government present on January 5th and January 6th. Can you tell us, without talking about particular incidents or particular videos, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 6th, whether they agitated to go into the Capitol, and if any of them did? So I'm not going to violate this norm of, uh, of, of uh, the rule of law. I'm not going to comment on an investigation that's ongoing. Now, what Massey's getting at here is very important because we saw the exact same thing, and BuzzFeed has reported this uh, regarding the Gretchen Whitmer plot of last year, that the entire thing was an entrapment operation by the FBI against this, these militia groups who in many cases are affiliated with the Boogaloo movement. The Boogaloo movement is predominantly uh, anarchist, anti-government extremists, one of the things that was actually mentioned, but you know, very completely overlooked, almost completely and absolutely overlooked by the mainstream media, is that not only did they want to target Gretchen Whitmer, but you also had, uh, Governor Whitmer, but you also had people talking about then President Trump and targeting him, right? So you have a group here, and I talk about this in my book, um, Antifa Stories from Inside the Black Bloc, where they themselves are on the anarchist spectrum, but they come to it from a place of uh, wanting personal, extreme personal liberty, not from a left-wing perspective. They come from an extreme right perspective, but you'll also see members of this group, this former group that seems to have completely disappeared since 2020, by the way, also supporting BLM, also supporting Antifa, at times actually being 
uh, on, on the ground, in the streets, marching with Antifa. And then, of course, we also had reports that members of the Boogaloo were involved in January 6th. There's actually a Reuters report that talked about this after the time where they claimed that they were there. And yet, when you look at the dockets and any of this stuff, none of it ever seems to come out. So the question, the real question becomes for Merrick Garland, why is it that you can't answer all the information about what's going on that day? I want a full investigation of this, by the way. I'm someone who said, that's fine. If you want to have this commission and you want to do everything else, you want to crack this open and find out everything that actually took place that day. But you can't do that if you're going to make it partisan and you're going to make it political. Let's have a serious authoritative investigation. Let's go through every bit of the communications. Let's go through what went wrong with the security posture. Why weren't there National Guard there? Why weren't there any more defenses at the Capitol? Why weren't any of these things done when they were asked for? Who was it that told the Capitol Police not to beef up security? Who was it that shot down National Guard? And if the FBI had any prior knowledge, or any of these prior individuals involved with the FBI that were working in one of these militia groups, the American people deserve to know. This is something that obviously one party in this country has made very important and the media has not stopped talking about since it happened. So fine, let's talk about it, but give us all the facts the American people deserve to know. So we've got a new article drop from my good friend, Technofog. Now, Technofog is someone that if you don't follow them, you really need to. This is someone who works in the legal field. Um, he keeps his identity mostly, I would say mostly, um, anonymous. Uh, I know who he is, but of course, I'm not going to talk about it, but he use it, uses it anonymously. Um, he did post some wedding pictures, though, you know, recently, so, you know, you probably could you know, figure out what's going on there. But just posted a new article all about CrowdStrike, Fusion GPS, and what John Durham is now looking into. So I highly recommend go to Technofog's Substack and check this out. Here's what he has. A new filing in the Michael Sussman case has revealed the depth of special counsel John Durham's investigation. It doesn't look good for former lawyer and former Perkins Coy member Sussman or for the group that pushed the Alpha Bank hoax. Durham has filed an opposition to Michael Sussman's motion for a bill of particulars. All right. What's really remarkable about it is that it discloses the volumes of evidence that has already been produced to Sussman and the number of entities and people Durham has subpoenaed. Listen to this. According to the filing, Durham has produced more than 6,000 documents comprising approximately 81,000 pages. This includes, among others, political organizations, a university, university researchers, an investigative firm, and numerous companies. So let's decipher this. Um, so here's Technofog, and this is, I'm just reading what his assessment is of the situation. Political organizations likely refer to the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign slash Hillary for America. A university uh, most likely is Georgia Tech. University researchers is the team involved in the Alpha Bank hoax. The investigative firm, Fusion GPS. Numerous companies, the companies involved with Rodney Jaffa and Tech Executive One. All right, what all is going on here? Listen to Cash Patel describe this situation in a clip from The Plot Against the President, a film made by Amanda Milius uh, that included myself and many, many others that came out last year. 
And all of these things sort of started coming together in a very unusual fashion. I said, Devin, we're following the money, and I'm gonna tell you right now that the DNC and Hillary paid for this. It was 9 a.m. on a weekday, and he literally looks at me, he goes, Cash, if you're gonna start drinking this morning, get out of my office. It always goes back to the money, and it's the easiest thing to follow because you have to document it in some fashion or you gotta move it in some way. We were able to, pursuant to the judge's authority, allow myself and one other colleague to visit banks, attorneys, and review in closed session the, the records. And we were not allowed to disclose it to anybody what we reviewed. And then finally, on the eve of the ruling of the court, Fusion disclosed that Christopher Steele had been paid by the DNC themselves. There were names that would eventually come out that were being paid by Fusion. Names now that are public, but at the time weren't, Nellie Orr. The wife of Bruce Orr was being paid by Fusion GPS, we would come to learn, to do Russian intelligence information gathering and then submit it to the FBI we were able to figure out that the attorneys, Perkins Coie, were the attorneys for the DNC. Nellie had been working, Bruce's wife, had been working for Fusion GPS. The folks that Perkins Coie paid $10 million to, and then they took that $10 million and played, paid Christopher Steele $168,000 to dig up dirt. They paid Nellie Orr, I think, $50,000 to do her research against the president and his daughter. And they fed all of that directly to the bureau who then used it in the FISA and in the investigation. Now what Techno gets into is also pointing out the fact that this group spoofed the data. They actually spoofed traffic and they've got this, Durham's got this in the investigation, that they faked it up to make it look like this bank was communicating with a server in that tower, right? They made it up. He also questions then, why was it that it was the same firm, Perkins Coy, and many of the same lawyers, including potentially Sussman, that brought in CrowdStrike to investigate the original hack that went on. What he says is, what if CrowdStrike was a patsy there to unknowingly reach a false conclusion based on information provided to them by Perkins Coy? Because you have to look at the situation. If they were providing false information on AlphaBank, could they potentially have been providing false information before to seek political ends. Durham, hopefully, let us know. Now this last segment, um, this is a breaking story. This is something that's very new, so we're still going through the information. But before we get into that, I wanna remind everybody, go to the Turning Point USA YouTube channel. Subscribe to us there. You've got great shows like this one, like Turning Point Live. You also have uh, Smash, which comes on after us. It's a huge, huge just commentary on breaking through the liberal indoctrinations. We also have Breakaway, that's gonna be starting up pretty soon uh, after this as its own show. That's its Awesome, very cool, John Root hosts it, and it's all sports, it's all sports talk, but without any of the woke nonsense that seems to be on all the other channels. Let's get into the story. Alec Baldwin, what happened on that movie set? The latest out of the Daily Mail. Prop Masters Union claims Alec Baldwin fired a live round at the cinematographer on the set of the movie that was staffed with a local New Mexico crew. Actor asked, quote, why was I handed a hot gun after accidentally killing her and wounding the film's director? 
Let's watch a clip from Reuters. Actor Alec Baldwin accidentally killed a cinematographer on set of an indie film titled Rust after firing a prop gun on Thursday. That's according to authorities who say he also wounded the film's director, Joel Sousa. Police in New Mexico confirmed in a statement, quote, Two individuals were shot on the set of Rust, Helena Hutchins, 42, director of photography, and Joel Sousa, 48, director. Authorities added that Hutchins was flown by helicopter to the University of New Mexico hospital, where she was pronounced dead. Sosa was taken to a different regional medical center to undergo treatment for his injuries. The severity of those injuries is not immediately known. Variety reported the fatal incident happened at the Bonanza Creek Ranch in New Mexico, a popular production location south of Santa Fe. Security at the film set confirmed it is on lockdown. No charges have been filed related to the incident, but police said they are investigating the shooting. Baldwin's representatives did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Now, of course, if anyone who's been following these types of incidents in the past knows that on Hollywood sets, there have been problems in the past with the use of prop guns. And by the way, prop gun just means a gun that's brought in as a prop. So you could have a real gun, you could have a dummy gun, you could have a rubber gun, you could have a gun that's plugged right to the barrel, it can't fire, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole range of this. And because of incidents in the past, like it happened to Brandon Lee, who was Bruce Lee's son, there's been a lot of regulations put into place here. We need a full investigation to understand what went wrong. Uh, tweet up from Adam Baldwin. If you're pointing a weapon at anyone on set without permission from the armorer, director, and first assistant director, then you should be reprimanded for the first offense and fired for the second. If you do so and harm or kill someone, you should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, next, Robbie Starbuck, who is himself a director. I would be surprised if this doesn't end with manslaughter charges for one, if not two people, the person responsible for the faulty blanks, if that's what was fired, and the person who shot the victims. Alec, as an actor, has safety protocols that, if adhered to, should prevent this. Look, folks, I'll say this from having been in the military, uh, from having been around firearms for most of my life. The first rule of gun safety is treat every gun as if it were loaded. Right, that is rule number one. Lots of other rules, right? Always aim your gun down range, et cetera, et cetera. But treat every gun at all times. Even if somebody checked it before they handed it to you and you saw them check it, you check it again. Check everywhere. Check the magazine, check the chamber, check the slide, check everything. You need to be careful about this and we demand a full investigation. All right, that closes out another week here for Human Events Daily. Thank you so much for listening. Remember our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Human Events Daily, we give you the bottom line up front. So please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. And then go to MyPillow.com and use promo code POZO. Get your Christmas order in now. Beat the supply chains, order American, support American workers. But first, before we go, today's moment of history, October 22nd, 1962, JFK delivered delivered his Cuban Missile Crisis address to the American people, explaining that the Soviet Union had placed ballistic missiles on the island of Cuba and could potentially be escalating a nuclear strike on Western nations. Folks, that is why we need America to be strong so that America can always be safe. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission. Lay ashore.